Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Dana Trucking. Good morning, everybody, as we wake up and get prepared to go to our jobs. Well, most of us still have jobs this morning. Urban Meyer, not among those that have jobs this morning, uh, fired overnight. Kind of surprised to to wake up and see, unless you stayed up until midnight last night uh, to see it happen. But no longer the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach as uh, they've decided to to move on. It's certainly been a tumultuous tenure there with uh, Urban Meyer. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, more important news here locally. Uh, can, I, can I give you some local news? Yeah. Before you get into your little spiel there. Yeah. Good morning to you. Good morning. Bach. Jake Bachoven. That's right. In for Jake Sorensen. My name, you might hit my voice a little different than Sorensen's. It is. You, you are very energetic like Jake, though. And uh, Harrison's here. Hello, Harrison. He's our EP. He's organizing things. Uh, real quickly, I wonder what Harrison thinks about this. And maybe I have an idea here, guys, after the show. What we need to maybe do, the three of us, there's a trail camera that captured images of a mountain lion in a field just east of Lincoln. Oh, he's close. Yeah, this is freaky. There's a mountain lion on the on just near US 34 and the Mopac Trail. That is creepy. <laughs> <clears throat> well, come on. Is that out by the airport? Out I'm by sure Kawasaki? Out by Kawasaki? Um, that area? What's that new? What's that new? Um, a part of Lincoln out there called, um, come on, Bach. <laughs> come on, get Bach. This from me. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, what, what if you were out there and you saw a mountain lion, I imagine that would jolt you a little bit, right? I'm, oh, yeah, absolutely. It Those guys really be jolt pretty me. big. Yeah. 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 It's not like seeing a bobcat. No. I mean, we're talking about mountain lion. Bobcat's scary enough. You'll occasionally see a bobcat around town. Yeah. Not a mountain lion. There's plenty of foxes. I've run into well, foxes. Foxes all the and time. mountain lions yeah. are a little bit different. Well, I know, but it's kind of cool to see nature regardless. Yeah, yeah. Probably not cool to see a mountain. I mean, it'd be cool, but just not near the city. I don't know if yeah, I like that. I don't want that, that mountain lion near my chickens. <laughs> right. I don't That's want just an appetizer. My, I don't want them near my leg. My chickens are just an appetizer. I'm yeah. the main course. That's right. 
We'll see how that story ends. I wonder how he. Uh, I wonder how he he fared in the the wind yesterday. The mountain. Yeah, I guess, line. yeah he or she. Yeah, he or she. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I imagine just fine. I mean, my cats were fine. Yeah. How did yeah. you do? It, it was like seven minutes of fury, and then it was done. I felt like. Mm, yeah. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, we were in the press box because it was during the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was during the time. That the assistant, the new assistant coaches were meeting with the media. I have to ask, did you find it odd that they canceled school and continued with the press conference? <laughs> I never thought of that, but now that you mention it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It, was, it wasn't, I guess, during the interviews. It was right after the interviews concluded with Mark Whipple, Donovan Rayola, Mickey Joseph, Eric Chenander, Scott Frost. Right after it. And, and I'll, tell you this, I'll tell you this. I, I got to tell you this, Bach. The press box shook. And I've never, hmm. I have never felt the press box shake at Memorial Stadium. In Not even years. from loud roars uh-uh. across touchdowns. Uh-uh. In thirty years, I've never, I've never felt it shake. Yeah, and it was moving. Um. So, it, <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah. When that, when that big win came, yeah. Um. You saw the lights moving, and then you, the press box was moving. It, it was, it was pretty eerie. You know, they have that big crane out there where they're, oh yeah, they're building the, the new athletic complex that crane was moving but that i guess that crane that big crane can withstand 150 mile an hour winds oh we had a few miles per hour to go then yeah <laughs> it's so, only 70 or 80 right? yeah yeah it could have cranked up way more and that thing would have withstood it how about <laughs> that, that kind of disaster. how about that kind of engineering by the way that yeah. big crane up in the sky can withstand 150 mile an hour winds when is, do you know when that project's set to be done? Yeah, I think it's um uh, right before the 2023 season. Okay, so we've got another yeah. season of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be incredible when it does get done. Okay, Bob. see what it does. But. What do you want to start with here? Well, I, I want to start with the, your introduction. You just mentioned it at the press conference. Okay. Your, your first thoughts from the new coaching staff. Uh, of course, okay. you had plenty of time to, to, to question them. They I was impressed from the outside. I wasn't there, but from what I saw... Um, these seem like confident guys, which is good. You have to, you have to be able to, to nail that in the interview if you're going to get hired for this job to begin with, because it needs to turn around quickly. Uh, let's, let's start with, with Mark Whipple, the most interesting of the bunch, because we're all wondering what that offense is going to look like. I don't think they give too much of a, uh, I mean, they kind of want to keep it close to the vest, right? They don't want to tell you exactly what they're doing. Um, but what were your first impressions of Whipple? Well, I'll tell you my first impressions are he's very confident, um, he is a sports writer's delight, an old sports writer's delight, um, because he's old, <laughs> and, and we and we understand each other. Yeah, I mean, guy like Tom Chattel. I mean, it's almost like Tom Chattel's talking to Tom Chattel. <laughs> so, so, um, so that's gonna be good at least. Yeah, and he's very confident. Hey, he's very confident in his skin. Okay, very confident in his skin as a sixty-four-year-old who's done a lot. Now, I would say this, Bach, and you can help me with this. He ha- Now, I didn't hear it because now, understand, I, I spent most of my time with Mickey Joseph, which we'll talk okay. about. But let's stay with Whipple. He had the money quote of the day, I think, where he said, he said, you got to excuse my language here. I'm paraphrasing him. Yeah. But he's saying this. You got to excuse my language here. But most of the great quarterbacks I've been around have been pricks. Yeah. Can I say that on the radio? I just did. He so, did. Um, I guess it's too late to 
I just got to ask for forgiveness now. <laughs> um, we're on the radio, right? We're on the radio. Yeah. Yep. So, so he said that. Now, wh- who immediately comes to mind is Tommy Frazier. Okay. And what he's talking about is just those guys are very demanding. The great ones he's been around, very demanding. Um, just sort of um, a take no prisoners kind of attitude. And if you're not with me, that I'm not, I'm not really interested in you. Uh, Tommy was like that. Um, but I was thinking about that quote last night. Not all quarterbacks that are great have been like that. Right. I wouldn't say the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback um, for Nebraska, Eric Crouch. He never struck me as a prick. Um, he, was he? Ever, I mean, the, can the, I say that by the way? There was desi- like divisiveness on the team between him. And Newcomb, was there factions there? <coughs> nah, but there, but no. it never went. No, nothing that's like not that. What, that's not what. Hey, Spock, that's not what Whipple's talking about. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think. Was there ever you know? Because I, I, now I am. I'm going through my list of Nebraska right. quarterbacks and thinking I don't who, see too many of those guys. Who was who was real edgy? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy was edgy. I think Zach Taylor could be actually. Um, he had that. He has that sort of side to him. I don't think. He, I almost think you have to have that side to you if you're an NFL head coach. I mean, you got to make a lot of hard decisions, and you got to have that probably side of you. You yeah. got to have a lot of tough conversations, um, hard decisions, um, and so no, but no, there's not been a lot of them. Anyway, that was interesting. And then what he then he made it clear they're looking at the portal for a quarterback, Whipple. Yeah, and I liked he he blended it in though because he did. I mean, he would he would quote on Logan and talk about like the option, for instance, was brought up, and he said, "Yeah, okay, well, yeah." What did he say about well, that? Well, he said, "Yeah, I mean, we'll keep that on the offense if if Logan can use it." I mean, they weren't really giving their hand away, right? Um, but he, you know, he was basically talking about blending the offense and offensive right. ideas, and and if the option would be there because that was a heavy part of of last year's offense, and he basically indicated, "Yeah, if Logan's running it, then we'll run the option." <laughs> See, now, here's what I'd say, Bach, and I get frustrated sometimes with the, all the talk around here. Everybody talks about offenses as, as if there's this, these rigid systems that are unadaptable. Right. I, that's what we talk about. Well, but Sip, he runs the West Coast offense. Ah, but Sip, but he runs a pro-style offense. Ah, but Sip, he runs, he, he, he has option in his offense. So, like, you can't integrate. Um, There's only so many formations you can do that are in most offenses. Right, it's exactly. Kind of what you do it's based an on overblown that, so. conversation, yeah. way overblown. Now, the part of it that's not overblown is you have to – you can't run everything. It can't be an all-inclusive offense. Yeah. It can be, but that's not, not – I don't think that's effective, right? Yeah, you, you got to narrow it down. Yeah. Some plays you can rely on. You yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah, it, and it's got to have some – thing that you yet you hang your hat on i would think yeah now scott that's been sort of an elusive trait with scott um and that's what people are probably worried about and and that's but but listen what it comes down to bach is how they handle that will determine whether scott frost is still the head coach in 2023 how is is he able to narrow the focus well he talked yesterday those guys whipple donovan um Donovan Rayola and Binky Joseph, along with Sean Becton, are going to get together and start this process. Now, what I'm not going to do, what seems like people do do around here a lot, is judge it before I see the product. Why, why do that? Do you hear that? 
I hear um, quite a bit of that. People judging it before they even know what's coming. Well, I think you'd like to – everybody has their opinions about how you put the staff together. Um, I, I like how they've done it. I mean, if you would have hired – if you would have put a bunch of mismanaged pieces together that just didn't have any sample of working, then maybe I could see criticizing it. But for me, I'm fascinated. I mean, Mark Whipple just ran one of the best offenses, had one of his best years. Mickey Joseph, we know, has ties to great wide receivers, won a national title at LSU. And, and Donovan Riolas, I mean – that's the one hire that I, I hear of more criticism, and I myself might think maybe they should have hired a veteran, but they did. I, and as far as I understand, they interviewed veteran, right? And interviewed a veteran head coach and just our offensive line coach and decided to go with Donovan. Right. So, um, yeah, I you yeah know, they in, they interviewed the guy at Notre Dame, Jeff Quinn, yeah, who's my AG, and he's been 58. a former head coach at, at Buffalo, I believe, right. in the past. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he's if they wanted to go with the. the please everybody route and go with, hey, we got our veteran offensive line. They could have just went with that guy, yeah, yeah. but they decided, I mean, they went through the interviews and they decided that Royola was going to be the better fit. So um, you kind of have to trust and believe that part of it too. Yeah, and they might have, what they might have heard if they would have hired Jeff Quinn is what you do, just, you just went out and find the oldest guys that you could. <laughs> All together. <laughs> you know, um, and so I think they wanted to make some youthful vigor um, in Donovan. He's 39. He's not exactly a kid. Right. He's 39 years old. But this is kind of his first big college job. It, well, it is. It is his first big college job. He was a GA at Notre Dame. I, I just always, with Donovan, I always just point to the fact he worked for an NFL team. He was a, and when you, and I hear people say, well, Sippy's an assistant. That, that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. He, you're, you're heavily involved. Yeah. Um, I mean, 15 hours a day involved with a, with the, I mean, he, he got a standing ovation from the Bears organization. On, in his last practice, um, all the players, all the coaches. Um, I mean, I talked to Sam Mustafer about it. And he says he said he, he's one of the most respected guys in the Bears organization. So, um, yeah, that when people start going down that road of, I don't know, a lot of people just kind of complain if their milk's too cold, right? I mean, right. or their soup's too hot. It's always something. It's always something with people. And um, so, yeah. As far as the offense goes, I am not going to judge it until I see it, right? Yeah, I mean, spring game yeah. maybe a little bit. Well, even then, like, I, 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 I it's game. very strange because yeah, I don't even know if they're going to show anything in the spring right, game. Exactly. Um, but just even moving forward, this is. It, would you say that this is a one-year fix? They have one year to get this done. Uh, that's a good question, Bach. I appreciate that question. Because that depends on, because that kind of changes the the narrative of it. Because I want I I want to give this, it's weird. <laughs> I want to give this a shot. Like if if you put like enough of a nice staff together, and you know it's it's kind of transitioning. You have a new quarterback. It's not going to be mid season form by game three. So if you start to criticize it too much, you know, in game three and we go off the rails, we're seeing coaches fired before we hit October these days in college football. I don't want to go down that path. I want to give it a shot to grow and to to, to see what it really is. It's not going to – I don't think it'll be quite on on tip you – know, you know what I'm saying? Like that top shape uh, in by the third game next year. You know what I'm hearing? An incredibly fair-minded approach from you. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Bach. You will not hear that from the majority of people or at least the majority of people that sound off. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people that will. I mean, there's a, you, clearly there's a lot of people that want Frost out, and they're 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 going to do what yours. They're going to do 
they're going to go exactly against what you're suggesting. Fairness, patience. Right. Let's see what it looks like. Now, from a lot of, you're not going to get that from a lot of people. Now, you'll get that from some people. Okay, who, who's the key? Yeah, Trev. Right. <laughs> What's Trev Alberts. Yeah. Is he going to, I've seen athletic directors at Nebraska that did not have a fair-minded approach in their assessment. I've seen it. I've, I've lived it. I saw it with Frank Solich and maybe to a lesser extent, Bo Pelini. Certainly with Frank Solich, never had a chance. Went 10-3 and three and got fired. Yeah. I say 10-3, and three too, because that was his team that, that beat Michigan State in the Alamo Bowl. You don't give Bo that win? <laughs> no, that's 10-3. and three. That's 10-3. Yeah. No, three. you're right. Okay. Now, is Trev Alberts going to be fair in this assessment? Or is he already thinking about moving on? That's what I'm I'm I, I'm going to watch that like a hawk. Yeah. Because I've seen it here. And he's been very uh, fair. I mean, more than fair to bring back a three and nine coach. I mean, that's why there's kind of that split fan base. And that it's side fair. of it is it's, it's, it's also fair if you would have fired a three and nine coach. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the I think that's that fair. if you're going to reinvest in it, you want to see what can happen. That 2003 staff's a perfect point. I had to go back and look at the certain names. I think that they've hired Bo and Tim Alvin and somebody else. There was three head coaches, like future head coaches they hired as far as as part of that overhaul, they're just the Barney 2003. Cotton. Yeah. Oh, no, Barney. Yeah. I'm well, not a future head coach. No, but no. It, it might have been two. Either it way. Two, whatever, yeah. Either way, <clears throat> they gave it one year. Bo looked like he was doing great, right? Yeah. But they, you know, and then, then you throw it out. And so you want to make sure that, uh, and I, I know maybe these days it's easier for the next staff to come in and say, well, we'll keep Mickey Joseph or whatever, you know, the guy that we're, that I'm talking about. But I, I just thought that was very odd. Like looking back at it is they didn't really give that, group much of a chance and there was a lot of potential in those hires that they made just in 2003 that they scrapped the door with the next year oh no you're exactly right but i that's interesting what you just said that that is really interesting to me because that is that is a big part of this how long do you give it right yeah do you just say do you just say six games in this isn't working you know what yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just part of the fix that we're in, right? Because it's going to be heated, Bach. That conversation is going to be heated, unless unless they're five and one or right. six and zero. Oh. Yeah, I mean four and two. You still might it still might be heated, right? Yeah, I mean and on down the line, three and three heated, two and four. I don't even know what that's going right. to look like. But I think those first six games are, are really important. By the way, his contract, his restructured contract reads. So we're going to be watching those six games really closely. And and people like you will be judging it fairly. I, I hope most people are like you. But there's also the, the potential that I turn on it because, I mean, if it, if it looks uh, like uh, Bob Diaco's defense did three games and you go, oh, this isn't going anywhere fast. This is this right. is bad. Right. You know, well, well, that's the assessment that that a lot of football fans and the and the and the athletic director who knows football at a high level will have to make. Yeah. Does it what does it just look like a disaster? Now, some of that, by the way, come on, Bach. I mean, come on now. Some, I mean, a lot of this is just tied to the quarterback position. Yeah. And Whipple, Mark Whipple, talked about that yesterday. I mean, come on. I always say, Buck, I've never even asked this question of anybody because sometimes I'm afraid to take my thoughts to the air um, because sometimes they're a little bit, I don't know, I, I, radical. But I believe that if you're assessing a college football team, the, the two 
the two people I look at first are the head coach and the quarterback position. That's where I go first. Yeah. Then probably defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. But the first, I go second to the quarterback because that's it. I mean, it's self-explanatory. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're tied to your, your quarterback. <clears throat> yeah. And we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, Buck. Yeah. But isn't that fascinating, too, because you go through that with head coaches as you they literally get you get like two or three guys. And if you're not winning, you're you're out. Maybe two or three. guys. You might get one. Frost almost had one. Frost has, <laughs> Frost has had one. Right. I mean, by his that choosing. he stuck with. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that that's yeah. And that's going to happen if you if you strap yourself to a freshman and hope that he can take off and it doesn't happen. I mean, we've seen that. But um, it's just the, 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 the importance of the quarterback can be understated. I mean, and it can be overshadowed at certain programs. Wisconsin, you don't necessarily look at quarterbacks probably next. I mean, no, not necessarily. Probably not get running back actually, but yeah, or Jim Leonard. Yeah, or whoever the defensive coordinator is, because yeah. they just they run through great ones. Right. Um, but I here I think most places I go, I most places Wisconsin's a good example of an aberration. Yeah. Most like at Ohio State, I look at head coach and then who's their quarterback. Right. Um. Now, as far as that goes, I asked Whipple, and now I did make my way over to Whipple at, toward the end of his session. So they have these guys seated at round tables simultaneously. So you can't, you know, I mean, if you're going to get to, if you're going to get to a couple of them, you got to sit one for a while, then try to get to another one, which I did with Whipple. And I just asked him, are you in the process of surveying the portal for a quarterback? He said, we're always looking. This is what he said. Whether it's a young guy or old guy, yeah, we're yeah, we're looking now. We're looking at other people. I've had a ton of calls. Been doing it a long time. We'll just see what we'll just see what fits. We've had a ton of calls got my attention. I mean, I just wonder who that I mean, who who's who's calling? Yeah. You know? Um, Whipple gives you a good chance, I would think, right? Because of what he did with Kenny Pickett the Heisman Trophy finalist, and and the fact that Pitt was near the top of the country in several metrics. Um, I mean, it's funny how the conversation shifted from Scott. That used to be we'd say that about Scott. Right. Right? That he's a quarterback groomer. Um, look at what look what happened at Oregon. Um, look what happened at UCF with Mackenzie Melton. Oregon with Mariota and uh, a guy named Adams. Yeah. Um, um, other guys. Um, but now it's more, I guess it's kind of right now it's the hot, the hot new coach Whipples that, that you're looking at and saying, this is the guy that could attract a quarterback. But I, I, and some people are more, you know, obviously there is the excitement for Whipple and, and what he did with Kenny Pickett and that makes sense. But I think there just, there should be a little bit more respect. I know they overhauled the offense, so that's why you are where you are. But I actually was pretty impressed what they did with that offense, considering the offensive line last year. I mean, they're a top 25 offense still. Yeah. That's true. With that offensive line, I mean that that would not be easy for a lot of coaches to to come come to. They didn't score points. That was the problem, right? They didn't right. score in the red zone. They didn't have a kicker. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of hidden in the in the, in all the the all the noise and the negative parts of the season. And there were those. There were those. Yeah. But Scott at times did a masterful job as a play caller. I mean, there were games that he was I thought fabulous. Michigan. Michigan or Wisconsin. Yeah. The way they move the ball against Michigan, the way they move the ball against Wisconsin, tough, tough. I mean, think about those defenses, Bach. One's the Big Ten champion, and the other had a had a top three, top two defense. Nebraska moved it on them, and they came out really with an aggressive mindset. 
I thought a much of the time this year, Scott had really orchestrated the offense well. Yeah. Red zone was a problem. No, you're right. Quarterback was a problem. It was. It was a problem. Yeah. He didn't make plays in the clutch. I love or Adrian. in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. I, I mean, I love Adrian. I, I've said, I say a million times, I defend him all the time. Um, but I mean, you can't have that discussion without acknowledging he came up short in the clutch a lot and came up short in the red zone a lot. Um, we better get to Chris. Let's get to Chris. Bob. Yeah, let's get to Chris from the Baldwin Shop, uh, Hotter of Lincoln Hotline four two four six four five six eight five. Chris, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Jake and Steve. How are you guys today? Well, I think we're having a good Bach and forth so far. <laughs> it, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's so great to hear hear Jake JB there. Uh, you know, he, I I like his style and I, I like his philosophy on uh, on Nebraska football, Steve. Yeah, I do too. He's talking a lot of sense this morning. Oh, he always does. He loves the run game and tough defense. Yes, and, he does. Uh, he's he talking does. my language, Steve. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, well, boy, it, it, what an interesting day yesterday with recruiting and yep. and uh, the wind that came up. And uh, uh, Steve, Jake, I, I'm going to tell you the uh, Baldwin shop held together. I was okay, telling good. Harrison that all about all 35 of us up there were scurrying from corner to corner. Uh, like little uh, field mice. <laughs> <laughs> what a day! Well, why yeah. why were you scurrying from corner to corner? Well, Steve, that that building is shaky at best. Oh, and there is really no no shelter there. You know, there's no no basement or anything, and the roof's made out of of there's got skylights in it, which rattle when it when it rains. Period. So uh, so we were all. Uh, you know, you just wonder about what what will come through and and uh, uh, what our chances would be in that building. So, <laughs> your chances. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about your chances. That's a little. That's, that's sort of. That's sort of an uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, being a gambling bunch up there, we put we put odds on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's macabre humor, um, yeah, but I appreciate it. it. I it love is, that kind Steve. of humor. Yeah. Uh, listen, guys. Yeah, uh, the recruiting yesterday. Uh, real quick. Yes. Looks like the rich continue to get richer. I say that every year after recruiting signing day, uh, Jake and Steve, when I call in. The rich look like they're getting richer. Uh, you know, you guys talking about, though, where you're going back, what we have to do in, hey, let's face it, what these coaches have to do in a little over eight months before the first game. Right. Boy, I tell you, Steve, Jake, it's, it's really uh, an uphill battle, I think, for them. Uh, I I, I don't know. It, it, you got to plug in a quarterback. Boy, we lost a lot of, of pretty good players. Uh, although, you know, like some of the some of the younger guys at the shop say, they were good players on a three and nineteen. Exactly. Said, yeah. You know, but you know, is that the good news or the bad news? You know, so. But you know, I don't know. This this staff's really got its work cut out for them coming up in this season. We'll see if they can put these pieces to the puzzle together. I think it's going to be tough because in the first, you know, guys, I face it in the first four years here, they they haven't been able to put those pieces really together. Uh, I, you know, Steve, Jack, I, I want you guys to 
And, you know, I keep wondering, you know, Adrian Martinez was such a positive guy. You know, such, you know, like you said there, Steve, he, he had he had some issues with turnovers and in 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 uh, in heated times of the games, you know, where where things didn't go right, you know, maybe we could put a little of the blame on that on the coaches there, the offensive coaches, or but you know, I I just wonder why you know that uh, he seemed to like the place. You know, is, is it strange to you that he actually left when he knew that he was going to be a, a a starter here? No. Here's why, Chris. It is not strange to me because it was it was conveyed to him in clear terms that Nebraska was going to go in the transfer portal um, to get another quarterback. And, you know, I think that was sort of difficult for – well, I, I know that it was sort of difficult for Adrian to hear. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, that, that's tough stuff. I, I, uh, I just couldn't understand, though, why – why he would possibly take off, you know, if 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 he was going to be the starter. But uh, you know, like I said, who knows? I you know, he may have thought, well, like you know, that uh, this ship is sinking, whatever, you know. But anyway, guys, hey, it's, we're going to have a lot to chew on in the off season. Oh and, yeah, we do. And and uh, you know, it's uh, sad that we're sitting home at at bowl season again. But uh, uh, Steve, hey, you know what? How in the heck is this kind of off the beaten path here, Jake? How in the heck is this coach at Missouri doing so well in recruiting down there? Is that a SEC thing? But Missouri's never recruited that well, and uh, I can't even tell you who the coach is down there. But anyway, Steve, Jake, hey, great show as usual, and and I'm going to hang up. Okay, thank you, Chris. Um, okay, for Adrian now, Chris, Chris. I'm going to explain a little more about the Adrian situation to you. Um, it starts with a D, the Missouri coach. What's his name? Uh, Drink Drinkwitz, right? Drinkwitz. Eli Drinkwitz. Okay, I'm going to explain the Adrian thing a little bit more. Chris, don't be that surprised by that. I mean, think about, okay, first of all, I said that Adrian was not, you know, thrilled that they were going to the transfer portal, okay? But there's a second part of it that's critical. His arm's in a sling. Okay, he's not throwing till May or June at the earliest. All right, um, there's a new offensive coordinator in town. Okay, that they weren't gonna, they couldn't. Okay, they wh- wh- what's the plan if Adrian's here? You gonna go through spring without without Adrian learning the offense? Um, I mean, he can learn it to a certain extent, but he can't. He's not running it. Um, and then just just give him the job again in August. After not having a spring to work, it was complicated. Well, and it was it, complicated, and, and it's just you know, it, it seemed like the, the blame was going to be sent in one direction or the other, right? It, and it was clearly on the offensive staff. And Adrian's kind of—you've mentioned it before, quarterback, head coach, head coach, quarterback. Kind of like the offensive staff. Adrian's kind of like a part of the offensive yeah. staff. And there was a lot of blame that was going to be put toward Adrian. And let's also just admit the last two years. He played himself into a position where he could get replaced, benched. Vulnerable. He, it, ma- he made himself a bit vulnerable. Right. So, you know, I just I, I think that it's, it was best for both parties to, to split. And I, I'll say it, too, I, and I've said it all along. Nebraska's not better today because Adrian's not on the team. We'll have to see what happens to the transfer portal. But likely you're not going to get somebody with that type of experience, um, college stats, all that sort of thing. 
but it was just time for a split. It's time. It's time to see because more more than anything to me, I don't know what you learn if you go five years and Adrian Martinez finally takes you to seven and five. What does that do? You know, what, like point, it, like Bach. almost best case good scenario Bach, is point. that it goes pretty well. It's a great point. And then what? Yeah. <laughs> did you learn that Scott yeah. Frost is is moving forward and you have faith in him? Right. Or did this Adrian thing finally turn out? Still disappointing, but better than it had before. Oh, you're so you nailed that, Bach. I'm serious. Yeah, I yeah, just don't no, think there was much left it. to learn there. No, there wasn't. Now I don't know what Chris is referring to. Missouri, they're they're ranked 18th in the rival recruiting rankings. 18th. I think they got up to 13 on ESPN or somewhere. That I, okay? So now, they got a pretty high. So ranking. Let's, let's, before we go to break, we got to go to break. By the yeah, way, real do. quick though, um, the first thing that you look at, Chris. In, in wondering about why Missouri's recruiting is, what's their NIL package? What is it? What's their name, image? What are they offering in terms of name, image, and likeness to players? What's their budget? Are they in the like? Are they in the five million range, ten million range? If you're in the SEC, your budget for NIL better be in the five million range. Okay? Yeah. What are you disseminating? What's the plan? What's the structure? of your NIL. That's the first thing you got to look at. And we'll talk more about that as well as the conversation we've had going uh, coming up next because it's a wild, wild west in recruiting. So we'll hit that next. Is Nebraska prepared to compete in that world? We'll talk about it next here on Early Break with Sip and Jig.